Welcome to another episode of When Women Speak with Shirley Kay. The When Women Speak podcast is sponsored by Life on Power and the brand, What If She Knew She Was Powerful? Y'all know what I'm about to say because we only have these type of guests. We have another fire guest joining us today, a fire guest. And remember when I told you that if you go to different places, you get the opportunity to see different things, learn different things, and meet different and new people. Well, Judith is one of those. So you know me, I'm always somewhere. And this time I was at another retreat and I met Judith. So I do believe that this conversation is going to be one for the books. But what am I saying? Every guest on this show is the conversation for the books. So go ahead and get your journals, get your pens, because you're going to need it. Judith Hall is the founder and CEO of the Life Coaching and Transformational Speaking Company, Speak, Teach, Coach, Impact, S-T-C-I. She has published two books, When the Sky is No Limit and Too Fat, Too Thin, Why Do I Hate My Skin, 11 Strategies to Activate the Badass Confident Woman Within You. Judith has been an educator for over 30 years, starting in Jamaica and then in New York City. She teaches Spanish as well. Judith's tenure as an educator, she received the tuition-based teacher scholarship from the Ministry of Education in Jamaica, as well as the Marjorie Myers Centenary Award from Shortwood Teachers College in Jamaica. She's very accomplished in the education field. Her favorite paragraph has a line that I love. It says, you are a child of God. You are meant to shine. Judith, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Shirley. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so we're going to get right into this discussion, Judith. What does it mean for you when you hear the statement, find her voice? When a woman finds her voice, that is the best thing that can ever happen to her. I don't know if I if I found my voice. And the reason I say this is because I was raised by a wonderful, wonderful woman, my mom, whom I laid to rest in January. She was 90 years old, but all my life, she made sure I had a voice. And one thing stood out for me in particular was when I was talking with a bunch of girls when I was a teenager, might've been 19. And she heard me speaking a particular way. Mm -hmm. And she called me one side and she said, listen, why are you talking like everybody else? I didn't raise you to be like everybody else. Be your authentic self. Be yourself. You don't need to fit in with anybody when you express yourself. Because I was someone who I love to read. She always surrounded me with books from I was a little bit a girl. When I say little girl, I'm talking about like 18 months, two years old before I went to school. Yes. She would shine that floor with a coconut husk brush. And after she had done her chores, she would lay out a blanket with snacks for me. And then she would hand me a picture book. I couldn't read, but I made up my own stories about all the pictures, you know, I was looking at. And then at some point she would read to me. But the bottom line is that. It has made me a creative. I call myself an imagineer because Mm. I just go off and I I say I've traveled to exotic places. 
I have been the only female knight at King Arthur's round table. I have, I have learned to be so creative. Sometimes I, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like I, like, like I'm bragging on myself, but it's all due to my mom. You know yeah. what? They tell us that we don't, we actually don't brag enough. So brag yeah. on. <laughs> I know. I, I, she gave me bragging rights. So I could do that. So I, I had my voice. What I've learned to do over time is to amplify that voice. So now, you know, I'm not someone who is afraid to speak up for what she believes in. Mm-hmm. When I when I feel strongly about something, I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. If I'm not happy, I'll let you know. There was a time when fear had me in its grip and I thought, oh, I'm afraid of being judged. I'm afraid of thinking I don't know what I'm saying. I didn't want to ask questions, a little self-effacing, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I got over that in a hurry. Like I said, I was meant to shine and my liberation give other people permission to do the same. Judith, that was wonderful. Insane. You said my liberation gives other people the permission to do the same thing. Right. Because they see that they can emulate what I do or what I have done or what I continue to do. So sometimes people just need to believe in themselves and to see somebody doing it to believe that they can actually achieve it. And if you decide that you're going to achieve it and do it, that means you give, like you said, someone else permission to do it as well. So when we're rethinking ourselves and rethinking our gifts and whether, you know, we have value to to show up in a particular space or within a particular gift itself, our showing up gives someone else permission to do the same. Mm. Yeah, I always say show up, stand up, speak up and level up. Say it again, Judith. Say it again for the people in the back. Go ahead. <laughs> I said, I said, um, show up, stand up, speak up, and level up. <laughs> Y'all hear that? Did you write that down? You got your journals in your pen. Show up, stand up, speak up, and level up. Don't forget yep. the level up. Please don't. Yes. Because you don't want to be in the same place that you were. You know, for example, when you stop and you're evaluating your life, every now and then you have to stop and take stock. And say, let me look back down the road and see how far I've come. Because we get into this zone where we're always talking about what we want to achieve. We sometimes forget what we have achieved already. And you look down the road and you say, ah, I did all that. So you have something to be proud of. And sometimes in the quest to get here and do this and do that, always I want, I want. Gotta stop, turn back and be grateful for where you've come. From whence you've come. So we move so fast. And so mm-hmm. forth that we forget we've accomplished so much, you yes. know, and I hear that often from other women. Um, and I've said it myself, I've had to myself sit, you know, remember, you know, the things that I've already done when something right now doesn't seem to be working out as quickly as I would like for it to do. So I've had to remember that, you know, and that is a that is really a self-awareness skill that is important for each one of us because there are so many reasons and ways that our voices can be muted. Yes. And one of the ways to unmute them is to remember what you've already done. Like you've done some things, even if no one has acknowledged it, you know, you were the one that did that. And I feel proud of myself for having done that thing. Thank you, Judith. We started off so wonderful, so, so fast and so hard. And I appreciate it. So, you know, as we talk about amplifying our voices and we get before we get to, you know, leading with our voice and um, and why our voices matter. 
Well, if we have to have to find our voices at some point, then that means that we also know what being voiceless also feels like. Mm-hmm. So if I could ask you to share a voiceless experience that you've had. Hmm. I kind of struggled with that question mm-hmm. because I don't know that there have been times when I've been a little timid with my younger self. Yeah. But having become a mature woman, I, I, I wouldn't say that I was ever voiceless. Sometimes I know that I say things and sometimes I regret the way I say it. Or I don't even know if I regret it, but sometimes I feel bad about the way somebody feels when I speak mm-hmm. my truth. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I prefer to be naked in my truth and to be honest. And not many people are honest. You know, they prevaricate and do all this kind of stuff when they need to say something to you. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I like it. We kick it to me straight. I like it like that. I, and I believe you, Judith. I believe you that you like it just like that. Unvarnished. And I love the authenticity of what you said. I'm not sure if that's how I felt. When I did feel that way, it it didn't last very long um, regarding being um, voiceless. And then you said that um, I'm not sure. Sometimes I may say things to someone that they may not particularly like, but I don't particularly feel like I should not have said it. Right. Because if I feel it, okay, I'll give you a case in point, Shirley. Uh Uh-huh. I had this friend. We grew up together. He had a son that he wanted me to, to, to write a letter of recommendation for. Yes. And I told him I couldn't do it. I said, I've known you all my life, but I don't feel comfortable writing that for your son because I'd have to say some things I don't believe. And he couldn't believe that I'd said that. And it damaged the relationship, but I spoke my truth. So mm. I stand by the courage of my convictions. I'm sorry. I just couldn't write it. You spoke your truth and mm-hmm. you stood up for your voice yeah. when you said that. Mm. I did. Because, uh, you know, sometimes people wanted to compromise some principles you have. Mm-hmm. And I always maintain that when I say things or I, or I, you know, do a particular thing, I must be able to look my eyes and look myself in the mirror and meet my eyes and not be, you know, some people never face themselves. I must be held up to the mirror scrutiny. You must be held up to the mirror scrutiny. Yep. I must be able to look myself in the eyes and say, did you do this thing? Because I don't know about you, Shirley, but when I go to my bed at night, everything, I review everything before I sleep. My day, the people I spoke with, what I said, and there are times when I think maybe you could have said that a little differently. Maybe you could have coached that a, more, a little more tactfully. But at the end of the day, I got to say it, you know, and I'm a work in, in progress and process. I talk about that in my book, Too Fat, Too Thin, Why Do I Hate the Skin I'm In? I'm a work in process and progress. You said this fast, but I do have to repeat it. So if you, you know, if you have your journals and pens, community, family, she said, I need to look myself in the, in the mirror, in the eyes, and handle the mirror scrutiny. And that is how Judith continues not to allow other people to make her voiceless. No. I define me, you know. I practice my agency every day. I exercise my agency. Mm. You know, nobody else is me, so I have to do 
I have to do me first. <laughs> I love that. I practice I practice my agency every day. Judith, thank you for that. That was so, that was so refreshing for to be able to not only say I haven't had that voice of the experience, but this is why I haven't had it. This is right. this is who I am, which is why I don't get to have a voiceless experience. That doesn't exactly. mean you not had some difficult experiences, but you haven't had that voices experience at, at a particular age where as you move forward, you talked about when you were younger and you were timid, but you decided that I'm going to be Judy. Right. And I walked and, into my purpose and I said, this is me. You know, you, you probably heard this song from the greatest showman on earth. This is me. I'm not a stranger to the dark, but I finally know who I am. Mm, I love that. And so I know that you have something for us with this next question. Yes. Judith, why should the voices of women and their values matter? Oh, man. Oh, mm. man. You started off with, oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. I have so much to say. I'm trying to... I'm trying to figure out an, an entry point to start that, that, that answer. And the fact of the matter is, we live in a world dictated by patriarchy. I remember I was at an expose on Sunday. I was selling some books and I, I had a speaking gig at Island Hope Festival. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was speaking to two ladies and I said, I'm a feminist. And she's like, you don't look like a feminist. And I said, what does a feminist look like? I yeah. said, well, first, they usually are lesbian or something. And I said, what are you talking about? That's not true. Feminism is just a principle that I defend because it represents women. And we have to guard ourselves and take care of each other and everything that feminism embodies. So I'm a feminist because I'm really, really interested in the plight of women. And I start from the young girls, and I know I should, it should be everybody, but the world yeah. has its camera disproportionately trained on women. And no matter what is going on, the men walk away unscathed and we are labeled. So for me, it's very important for me to champion the cause of women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I remember when I, when I lived in New York, as I, I taught high school and college in New York. Uh-huh. And... Uh, we had the, the New York City Department of Education went to Jamaica and other islands of the Caribbean and Africa, Europe as well. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line was they didn't take care of us like they promised. So everybody was afraid to, to step out there because at that time I never even had a green card. I was, I, I was on a work permit. Mm -hmm. And so when we decided that we were going to rock the boat, mm -hmm. I could have lost my job. But I stood up in principle. I didn't mind if I, if I went back, had to go back home. But in everything, somebody has to take the lead. So I became the president of the Association of International Educators. And I was there in Foley Square with my bullhorn and my megaphone. And the Black Institute was right there with me, Bertha Lewis, one of the most influential women in New York. Mm -hmm. And she, she has a company called the Black in Institute. It's a nonprofit. And she had also ACORN. You may have heard about ACORN. They were provided for people and she's always helping people who are in need. And so I had to step out there and be the voice of the teachers. And I won, we won many concessions because of that. Because they had promised us green cards and they were dragging their feet. 
10 years later, there we were. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not happening anymore. I can't. So I stepped out there with my megaphone and I, I had a mm -hmm. lot to say about it. I gave interviews. At the end of the day, they called us in and, you know, they had to negotiate with us. Somebody asked me, aren't you afraid of being fired? I said, I know this position is radioactive, but um, I'm willing to hide in plain sight. America loves an underdog. And I know I can defend myself verbally. So I said, you know what, let them come for me. Because I'm not wearing any, any hats the way I see the other women. They had on some big hats because I didn't want them to see that they were protesting. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, no. oh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to show my face. I'm going to say who I am. I'm going to say what the DOE has done and what they haven't done. And so, but that's how you fight sometimes. You got to fight in plain sight. In fight in plain thing. sight. Mm -hmm. In defense of what you believe in. The plight of women and girls has always been a, a big deal for me. And of course, that night and every night after you finished on your bullhorn, you were able to go and face your mirror scrutiny. I faced my mirror and I slept like a baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> and you slept, slept like, like a baby. 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 <laughs> you know, and while we're on the values, right, of women, and we're talking about that, your book title, Too mm -hmm. Fat, Too Thin, Why Do I Hate the Skin I'm In? Where did that come from, Judy? I don't know. Remember I told you I'm an engineer? Yeah. I like, I like to write and I like to rhyme my words. And I said, what can I say to women to make them reach for my book? You know, what kind of title can I give it? And I was lying there in bed and it just popped up in my head. That's how all my inspiration come to me. There we go. You know, it mm. just popped up in my head. And I said, um, too fat, too thin. What rhymes with thin skin? Why do I hate the skin? And what goes with skin in? <laughs> and then, you know, so the title is not to be taken at face value. Mm -hmm. Rather, it is a metaphor for all the untenable situations in which women have for centuries found themselves unwittingly embroiled Ooh. because we are, you know, in a patri patriarchal space. Because men determine the, the beauty rules. They decide that a woman's face has to be this long and this wide to be considered beautiful and what complexion you need to have to be beautiful. And so they pit women against each other. Oh, she's black, she's white, she, she's Asian, she's Mexican, she's, and it's just ridiculous. It's up to us to take our identity back and know our own identity individually. Mm -hmm. We have to take it back. We have to take it back. And, yep. you know, I have a line in the book that says men consider women to be socio-emotional appendages and we are only awarded value by our proximity to men. A lot of women are like that. Mm -hmm. Yes, because the men mm -hmm. do not see us as um, anything. They objectify us and all this kind of stuff. You know, and that's one of the reasons for shows like this. You know, mm -hmm. whether the person is listening to it a year from now or right when the episode drops or however when they're listening to it, anybody and everybody can get some strategies when it comes right. to amplifying her voice. Because amplifying your voice starts with you internally. Um, yes. And when you hear truths, when you hear other women, the, the truth of other women, then you know that you, the silo that you're in is just your silo. Like yes. there is a bigger space mm -hmm. that is created for you, but shows like this gives women the opportunity to hear 
the other women in the other spaces. Exactly. I, lo- I love that. We're getting ready to talk about leading with your voice, Judith, mm-hmm. but you gave us something big already when you, in your bullhorn, um, and you didn't even have your green card to be here. Right, um, those are the work visa. You giving your truth really loud out there. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us another example of leading with your voice? Because I know based on what you've already told us, there are hundreds of examples that you can give us. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I learned to be a community organizer. Uh-huh. And so when Bertha taught me that, Bertha Lewis of the Black Institute, the director of the Black Institute, she said, yeah. Judith, you don't need 100 people. You only need 10 committed people to get the job done. Mm. And even at school, I was in a school in New York where I think I was one of maybe when I started out, one of only three black people from a staff of 50. Mm -hmm. And I kind of took on the role of union leader. Very strong. It suits my personality and I love advocacy. Uh And I had to fight some battles even with my own kind in defense of others who didn't look like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter because I was speaking the truth. So if you think you, you, there are some people who think that because you are a black woman or because you are Jamaican, you're going to agree with everything that somebody out of Jamaica does, even when mm-hmm. they violate somebody else. I'm, I'm not for that. And especially when it comes to women, I'm very, very particular about that. And I feel like women need to stick up for each other more because some of the the, the, the most horrible critics we have as women are other women. They it, will it, give a man a pass in a heartbeat mm-hmm. and, you know, stamp a sister in the ground. So I'm saying to those women that stop, that's not, that's not cool. And women like you um, that who are holding the door for other women to be um, unashamedly um, truthful and unashamedly authentic you know, out of the 10, all we need is one. Because if we can get one, exactly. then we can get another. Because whatever whatever it is that you we share with each other, then it right. goes a long way. It's reciprocal, right. like way down the road. So um, that is the reason, one of the reasons why this show even exists, so that people exists. can hear um, women around the world that have already walked through what they're in now, or if they've already gone through it as well, then they hear some more strategies in order not to go back and be bogged down again. Right. You know, I have, I got to tell you this. Um, for those who go to my website, I have a gift over there for whomever goes to my website. I wrote an ebook. It's called 10 Atomic Habits of a Confident Badass Woman. 10 Atomic Habits. 10 Things That Every Woman Should Do. And I'm telling you, when you see that book, or that little ebook, it is so glossy and all these women, so beautiful. They're not much reading because I know people get tired of reading scripts sometimes, you know? <laughs> so I gave them some glossy pictures because, you know, they, get, they got into the habit of going to McDonald's and pointing to that picture and saying, give, him, give me number one. So I did <laughs> one through ten and I made it glossy and pretty. So they will want to read it. And I have some stuff in it. Like I say, for example, when a confident badass woman knows that when she has gone through the door, she mm. pulls other women through. Mm. 
But you don't put other women through until you yourself have gone through because you serve from your overflow. Serve from your overflow, from your saucer, not from your cup. Because Mm -hmm. if you keep dipping into your cup, you will never be replete. It's always going to be half empty. So top yourself up and serve from your overflow. I love that. And this it's a trend on this show, Julie, thing you wouldn't know. And maybe you have heard it listening to other episodes. We talk about true fulfillment a lot because that's the only way you can serve her, the next woman, if you truly fulfilled yourself. Now, I don't know if anyone else heard it too, Judith, but Judith loves the loves putting the tagline badass in her yes. strategies in yes. her book. Like that is a thing for you, Judith, right? It sounds yes, like it. Is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Shirley. When you get lemons, when you're served lemons, what do you do? When I'm served, I put them in water or... Um, right. You um, make lemonade, you say, right? And mm-hmm. people say they make lemonade. Yeah. So how is all that lemonade drinking going for everybody? I just want to know. <laughs> I just want to know because everybody's making lemonade. Why, why are you always making lemonade? Not you per se, the generic you. <laughs> Why aren't you why aren't you making a lemon meringue pie? <laughs> Chill it in the fridge Y'all and serve make yourself. a pie out of that lemon. Quit and making that ser- right? And serve yourself a cool slice. Why not a lemon meringue? I like to make lemon meringue. Or I make a key lime pie. Come on. Stop drinking lemonade. How is all that lemonade going? Oh, I got it this soon. Last year I, you know, they served me six servings of lemon and I made lemonade. You're not pushing past the boundaries of your own expectations for yourself. You're Say it again, Judith. You're not pushing past the boundaries of your own expectations. No. You're just settling. Why settle? There's so much more you can do. Don't put yourself in a box. You got to think it. outside that box and try something different. So I'm going to get y'all a piece of cake. Don't make the cake. Make the pie. And make eat lemon, lemon, That's what you just said. Make the make pie. Make a key lime pie. And and do a nice slice. Yeah. Because it's something you got to frost on the top. I made it in high school. Put it in the fridge, chill it, and before you can slice it. Serve yourself oh, a slice of something different. We're going to stop making lemonade around here. And you know, yeah. and, and this is the thing. That saying, um, life gives me lemons and I make lemonade. That I mean, mm-hmm. it. It, it is, of course, a metaphor for doing something of course. Um, with something that you was, was meant to do something with. But right. you can make whatever you want to make. You it doesn't can make have to whatever be. you want. You don't have to stop at, at, at just the ordinary. Be extraordinary. Why can't you be extraordinary? Yes, you can. Yes, you, yes can. you can. If you're here listening, and if this is your show, you have to be extraordinary. Yep. <laughs> Judith, give our listeners some last words. Give them something to eat on when you're done with this episode. Yes. I want to say that a confident, badass woman mentors other women. You spot talents and you groom them the minute you see them. A confident, badass woman doesn't care that she's younger, cuter, hotter than you. Because that's not what you're about. You're about the perpetuation of womankind in the world and Mm -hmm. how we see ourselves and how we claim our spaces and our voices. So you don't have to worry about what the other woman looks like. You are supposed to groom. If each of us grabbed one woman and said, I'm grooming this girl, I see talent here and I'm grooming. Can you imagine where we'd be in the world? What a world it would be. 
what a world it would be if each one taught one. What a world yeah. it would be. So that, that, that's what we have to do. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the justice that died a few years ago. Yeah. Somebody asked her, when will there be enough women on the Supreme Court? And she didn't miss a beat. She said, when there are nine. When there are nine. When Not there when there's are 50%, she said, Not when with, there are when nine. When there are nine, when the whole Supreme Court. And then she further went on another time and she said, if nobody invites you to the table, build your table and bring it. Absolutely. Build your table. And I believe in that implicitly. That, like I said, the only limitations you have are those that you place on yourself. Amplify and it's up your to voice. people like you and me, Shirley, who recognize that some women, because of how they were reared, did not get the confidence gene. Absolutely. You know, that, and, and it's not even a gene because confidence is like a muscle that you work every day yes. up and you recommit to being confident. Every day. Every day. Every, every day. day. It's like you go to the gym and you're building that muscle. And you cannot you know? continue to build the muscle on, unless you continue to build the muscle. Exactly. And if you don't go mm -hmm. to the gym one day, get up the next day and do twice the amount of reps you would do if, if you had gone the, the day before. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So women who are having a hard time, the mental health issues that are present right now, it is, it is traumatizing to watch, but help is on the way. There are people out there who can help. Just speak to somebody. Many women entertain suicidal ideations because they have no voice, they think. Mm -hmm. But then reach out to a strong woman who will, who will amplify your voice and be the mirror you, you want to look in. And to do that, you have to be authentic enough to say that this is where I am. This, this is, is where I am. Feeling. You, yes. you have to be authentic enough to say that. Yes. But, but if you reach out, you reach out, I, I, I'm I, going to say respond. that I believe that she will respond. Right. Um, we show up every day, whoever we are every day, but everyone doesn't know that everyone is showing up and they're hurting on the inside. Right. And the reason why they don't know it is because they don't know it. Um, right. And, and until you say something, they, they they never will know it. So it will be the same cage over and over again. And I know it's not that simple because some of my beautiful women are suffering emotionally and mentally. Oh, yeah. And it's not just as little as just talk to someone and ask someone. But I pray that you just for 30 seconds, just for five seconds, there's mm -hmm. enough courage in you so that you can get the support that you need. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing Absolutely. that up, Judith. Yeah. And then I want to just raise my book a little bit if people can see it. Am I permitted to do that, Shirley? You can do that. It's a web series and podcast. Yes. I've yes. been getting rave reviews about this book. I know, I know it's good. And without any kind of ego, I'm telling you, it's an excellent read. And I made it not too big that women can just put it in their purses and go. You read it on the train and the audio book is coming out at the end of May. It sure is. You can just put the book in your purse and take a read, um, go right. back to it anytime you want for that book. Social media, I am on Instagram at The Real Judith Hall. Mm -hmm. And I am on Facebook at judithdhall.com. 
And that's where you will find my book. Um, all I ask for is your email so I can, you know, talk to you every now and then. And you will get a free ebook from me. Very glossy, very beautiful women. And I leave you this quick line. As a confident badass woman is never chosen. She chooses. <laughs> That's exactly uh, who she is, Judith. Yeah. But she's not a victim. So yeah. this has been another episode of When Women Speak with Shirley K, sponsored by Life on Power and the brand What If She Knew She Was Powerful. When Women Speak is produced and managed by Build Your Vision Podcast by Cleavon Davis. Thank you for joining us, and we will talk next week. Thank you for listening to the When Women Speak podcast on the Live Podcast Network.